and i'm just gonna go live are you ready yeah yeah <clears throat> going live right now we should be live hey guys what's going on can we get a five by five in the chat please let us know if you can hear us um what up guys what's up what's going on how you guys doing you guys um coming to our conference uh i wish i really wish i was yeah. Oh, yeah. well, we can't we can't have you on the show then. Oh, well, we're gonna have to cancel this. <laughs> oh <Sorry>. man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Nope, sorry guys. Thanks for tuning in, but uh, <laughs> these guys All obviously right. aren't part of the journey <laughs> to trip crowd. So, uh, no, guys, if you are looking to come to the conference, tickets are still available at journeytotruthcon.com. You can uh, grab a ticket online or grab a live stream ticket if you can't make it. On-site lodging is sold out, as you probably already know, but. If you want to uh, come stay on site, you can still camp. There is camping available. It's beautiful grounds. I actually recommend it. If you like camping, it's a perfect place to do so. Or you can find an Airbnb or hotel nearby or get on the Telegram chat that is on the website. And you can probably find somebody who's also looking for a roommate. Some of the cabins there actually uh, have a lot of room, a lot of space. So if you're looking for a roommate, you might get lucky that way. We're really looking forward to it. Some great speakers this year. It's not strictly secret space program themed where it's a little broader spectrum uh, in, encompassing the entire awakening and disclosure so we're really looking forward to it um, i've got a question about that yeah well do, do i get one of those do i get a free shirt like those right there if i go like, like, like this one to, yeah yeah <laughs> actually these aren't our shirts so we're gonna be talking okay. about this shirt uh our friend Catherine. uh was it or no, uh, not Catherine Mallory, Mallory. McKee? Yeah, Mallory McKee. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of Catherine Mallory. Mallory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our friend Mallory designed these amazing t shirts and she sent them to us as a gift. And we told her we'd rock them on the show. It's a, a mushroom Sasquatch tea. And I put that link in the description mushroom tea dot t shirts or something. The link is below, but uh, these are awesome. So if you guys want one of these t shirts, you can find that in the link below. And nice. uh, yeah, they're they're actually there's some really cool designs on that website, but she designed yeah, it's more than one. just this. Yeah, uh, they're really cool shirts. Uh, Liking it, nice. But cool. this shirt has nothing to do with the conference, unfortunately. So no, right. you wouldn't get okay. one. <laughs> Man, except, except for Bigfoot and UFOs. Well, yeah, it's going to be at the, right. the conference, right? So it does <laughs> the conference technically. We might be able to get the uh, Blimpcast ticket. I didn't I didn't know you guys were doing it online. That'll be cool. Yeah, the live stream. Yeah, you should do at least get the live stream. Yeah. It's a really cool experience. The one last year, I don't know if you've caught any of the replays. It turned out awesome. Uh, one presentation had a little bit of a buzz, but we were still working out the kinks. But it was a really cool experience. This year, we're going to try to let some of the live stream people ask questions during the Q&A. If we can, like make it a little interactive for them. We'll see how it goes. But uh, it's completely worth it. And you get a six-month replay. And everybody who purchases an in-person ticket also gets a replay of the conference too. So that's just a little added bonus. Very and cool. there's going to be some great vendors nice. too. We're really the, the yeah. vendor, the vendor experience this year is going to be awesome. It's not just vendors. We have, right. you know, healers, psychics, tarot card readers, artists. I mean, a number of people and a lot of the people who've been on our show, uh, you know, so it's going to be a good time. It's going to be amazing this year. I can't right. wait. Mm. So cool. grab a ticket come hang out with us tickets are limited by the way um but there's still plenty left there's still plenty there's still left plenty, yeah. plenty left right now um okay so guys if you don't know who we're talking to you're about to find out this is derek and daniel from shred the veil over at infinite.tv 
they've been doing some great work. And if you've read the description, you know, they're the grandsons of Daniel Salter, who wrote the book. Uh, what is it? I can't even think of the name of the book. Uh, Life, Life, the the Life of the Cosmos Clearance. Yeah. 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 And apparently your grandfather had uh, 38 levels above top secret clearance, right? And mm -hmm. I'll let you guys explain what that is and explain the whole thing and how you guys are even here, why you end up doing what you're doing today. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so, so much, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Derek, if you just want to take it away and just kind of uh, let us know how you guys got into this, who was your grandfather, what he was involved in, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. It's a, it's a, quite a story. I mean, I'll try to condense it down a little bit, but um, I'll let you know. I, just to start with, I mean, our grandfather was in the Air Force. He, he started out his career back in actually 1947, just about when he got out of high school. And um, basically if all when all we knew growing up was like he was big into talking about all these disclosure topics like ufos aliens and you know all this hidden secret government kind of stuff happening and um he talked more about it even with our parents and my mom who's you know um, his daughter but and my mom's just like this guy's kind of nutty but you know as as we as we go on and i think dan actually has more personal experiences with uh the information shared for me, it was like, um, I, I don't know, I, I feel over time, I, I had a whole lot of experiences that kind of validated what what he was talking about later on in my life. But this was long after he came out. And even we didn't have any clue that he had a top secret clearance or a cosmos clearance or anything like that. He said he went into the NRO uh, back in 1969, just when he retired from the Air Force. So he goes into the book, which he wrote back in 2003. Now, before that book even came out, there was the Disclosure Project with Dr. Stephen Greer. So that's a really pivotal point in, in any, any form of disclosure that were related to UFOs, secret, you know, hidden uh, agencies, things like that, where all this stuff is taking place. So that happened in 2001, in May of 2001. And our grandfather was one of about 20, 21 odd witnesses that went. Um, and Dan Willis was one of them. We actually interviewed him. I was finally yep. able to meet him. Uh, which was great at Mount Shasta last year. Uh, and uh, but anyway, so the disclosure project happened and that was kind of swept aside because 9-11 happened shortly after that. But our grandfather, we had no idea he was going to even go to that conference and or that, that press club hearing. We had no idea like he was involved to that extent. So it was amazing for us as teenagers, you know, about to go to college and that that bomb gets dropped on us. Like, by the way, your grandfather's probably involved with some really high level classified stuff. Um, so we were kind of already set in our ways, you know, we're gonna go, you know, have normal college and then uh, corporate type of careers. And so me and my brother both became engineers. We kind of lived normal lives, but in the background, we've always had this information and we've always questioned what's really, what, how much of it is true. And only until the past, I'd say few years, especially 2019, 2020, when uh, a lot, a lot's happened, you know, in, in, in the forefront and in the public domain where all this conspiracy kind of stuff and disclosure information starting to come together and people are seeing it on a massive scale. So it just started to validate and confirm so much of what our grandfather shared within his book. And the book is, it is like the conspiracy. Uh, it's like the, I don't know, the culmination of all big conspiracies of, of the secret government, the underground bases, um, talks about the grays, talks about uh, particleization, which is like 
teleportation, mass uh, particles to waves, almost like Tesla, that uh, quantum energy technology, light technology, the Star Wars program, weaponizing space, um, all the German technology, all the Nazi uh, hidden, hidden uh, secret space stuff going on, the dark fleet, kind of basically where that started. He doesn't go straight into the secret space program in the book, but he kind of leads in that direction. He's kind of like showing you this all happened way back in the 40s, 50s, 30s even, and it, it all just was building up. So he's kind of saying, look, this is what they were doing then. So imagine what they're doing now. And um, just so many things shared in that book. It's hard to go into all of it right now, but um, but we can try to try to shed some light on some of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The challenge for us, yeah. The challenge for us is that when that book came out in 2003, our grandfather had started having a couple strokes by that time, and his health mm -hmm. was really deteriorating. And he he passed away a couple years later. Um, so at that point in time, we really weren't able to really have good conversations with him about the book or talk about it or have him elaborate or go into depth on anything. So it's really unfortunate the timing of all that of when we, you know, found, found this out. Um, besides, you know, when we were younger and like in the nineties and just him telling us stories when we go visit him out in New Mexico for the summer and, you know, hearing him talk about, you know, uh, Nazis in Antarctica and, um, and different things like that, you know, it was, um, uh, at that time, we were, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know what kind of questions to ask him or I didn't, if I truly believed it. And, you know, I, I shared some of that with my friends one time. And I remember they were just like, their minds were blown. And it was just like, and then I realized like, people don't really talk about this kind of stuff. It's not really accepted or I guess as, as the truth. So people are really skeptical. And um, so I never really talked about it growing up beyond the conversations that I had with him directly. So it's, it, it it's been all a long journey for us finally you know seeing this stuff come out over the last 20 years uh and and finding corroborating information and it's really exciting for us on this journey to have this kind of backbone of this information from him and then just to see where everything lines up as as things fall in place and we discover more on our own yeah right yeah so tell us what you know <laughs> like what, what did he share with you i know you he's uh derek said you had more personal experience with him did he pass anything on to you guys personally or did you learn everything from his book or how well, did that look well i'll say like dan i'll i, I kind of want maybe you share you should share some of the stuff that he kind of said and it's kind of like you know the i'll let you talk about it but for me it wasn't those one-on-one -on -one conversations he kind of left me in the dark and he kind of just said hey you should go into the Air Force. I really want you to go. I, I was geared, ready to go. Like I was the alternate for the state of Virginia to go to the Air Force Academy. And luckily that I, I kind of just pulled, I, because it didn't happen, I said, all right, it's all or nothing. So I'm going the other direction, which probably saved my life in a lot of ways. But anyway, uh, after 9-11 happened just at that time, I was graduating high school. But I let, I'll let Dan talk about his like more conversational pieces. And then I'll tell you about more personal experiences, I guess. Sense. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like I said, this is going from memories over 20 years ago uh, when I was a, a teenager. And uh, one of the one of the main stories was about the Philadelphia experiment, about tra time travel using the radar, uh, um, you know, underwater in the 1940s and people coming back with parts of their body in the in the ship's hole and, you know, deep particle. That he was trying to tell me about particleization, departicalization and what it ended up being time travel. Um, through through that event, um, that had been the first time I had heard anything about that. He told me about um, 
like a hole in the ozone layer down in Antarctica from atomic weapons testing that the Nazis were doing and that they also had built uh, UFOs. They, they had their own craft and, and technology down in Antarctica and the secret bases down there. Um, there, there was a few other stories. Um, trying, my own mind's kind of blank now, but it, a, right. lot of, lot of it had, a lot of it had to do with like the, the history part of it, like the World War II stuff and, and the Nazis and the, and the development from there and the technology and, and how that came to be. And then his encounter, he had, so I guess we can talk about that. Um, he talks he talks about it in the disclosure project with Dr. Greer and in his book, his first encounter in the Air Force. He, he um, was at, um, what, what, where, what base was that room? Warner, Warner Robbins. Oh, yeah. Robbins Air Force Base, yeah, in like 99. And he was uh, working a radar team and they were um, supposed to be having strategic air command doing these um, just tests and, and running things to see if they could pick it up on radar. And they saw three ships uh, flying out over the horizon uh, vi visually. And then they went down and they, they caught it on the several sweeps on the radar. And then they were watching it on the and just, you know, completely vanished and disappeared and they they um were able to calculate based on the radar sweeps that it was probably over several thousand miles per hour when it, when it left the area and um they were told never to speak of it again and he eventually from there became a part of uh the original project blue book and, and on that team of you know disseminating false information and convincing people that um that wasn't real you know when they when they saw these things within the military so that, that I do remember him talking to me about that, um, and that was that was the bulk of it. A, a lot of it just blew my mind, and I was like so baffled and didn't know what to believe. Uh, right. Well, if you don't have a reference, that's, that's, those are the main. If you don't have a reference for any of that stuff, uh, it is mind blowing. You know, especially if it's coming from a family member, yeah. grandfather. It, you know, it's interesting. I've heard that. I forgot who else talks about. The hole in the ozone layer was created from an, an atomic testing you know yeah but i think there who knows what they were actually doing i think they might have been more than testing i think there was part of a battle that was going on uh that had something sure. to do with operation high jump mm -hmm. uh, from what i've heard i don't know yeah. exactly uh, i don't know exactly what's going on but you know you can't talk about the secret space program without going to world war ii so it's interesting he had all that knowledge and we really have to remind ourselves what we already know here you know, we have people like him yeah. and like the old timers, like William Tompkins and stuff. They were talking about this stuff, you know, in their in the latter years of their life, you know, and they were which means that they were involved in this stuff at a very young age. And this has been happening for a lot longer than we think. So, Derek, what were you, some of your personal experiences with them? Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you a couple. But this <laughs> there is one. Well, for one, like get this like think about it now you hear about you know who phil schneider is and talked about the deep underground bases sure oh yeah well uh just imagine you're like a teenager and you're, you're, i was i was definitely like even maybe barely out of middle school and just hanging out i'd go over there every summer to taos new mexico where he lived and um when i was in about that age and and um there's a couple friends of ours that were about the same age we would hang out, run around and just have fun. I learned how to drive out there before I should have been driving, <laughs> which was fun. But, uh, but so anyway, I'm, a, I'm like a, a young teenager and my grandfather has a lot of strange people, interesting people I'd say come by and visit and 
and talk these discussions about these random topics and kind of like more of the hippie movement. It was kind of that way out there. It was kind of like new age, what if you want to call it that. All those people that were not accepted in mainstream society, that's where they would basically go and create House. these earth earth ships. Yeah, there's yeah, earth ships. House is like a mini Sedona, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially 70s, 80s, and early 90s, it was still very much that scene. And uh, so anyway, I would remember just going, seeing these people come to uh, the house. And one time I remember watching like a VHS tape of Phil Schneider talking about the dumbs and um, just going deep into it. So that's, it was like probably right after the conference where he gave his talk. And so, I mean, I knew he was, my grandfather was heavy into that stuff that early on. Um, that just stuck in my mind and then I knew, wow, I mean, now this is a big deal once it came kind of mainstream in the disclosure world. But uh, I remember going to a lot of road trips with him. We went up to Delcy a couple of times and I, I remember one trip he was, and he would say little things, you know, like I don't remember having long drawn out conversations. And, and like my brother said, I wish I knew what questions to ask. I wish I just knew because it's one of those things where unless you know what to ask, if you don't ask the question, he's not going to just come say the whole thing. So that kills me to this day. I'm like, my God, we could have had great discussions if I was in my right mind and aware of what was happening. But anyway, going to Dulce, he's like, basically said, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened out here. You know, um, I think that uh, it, I just want you to be aware of that that's kind of why we're heading out through this area. And as we get in towards Dulce, this unmarked like big SUVs like starts coming straight up behind us, like right on our tail. And, and my grandfather's just like, okay, that's a sign we better take, we better get out of here. Like he knew like that was them saying, get away, like get out. And I'm pretty sure he knew he was probably always tracked throughout his life and his, later on in his life. But I remember like, even like, I think there was a, a helicopter in that situation. I remember maybe once at least and maybe twice, but I remember like black helicopters kind of situation where, I was in some area and for no reason, it seemed to go fly by like a couple of times wherever I was. Um, that happened once or twice and that I remember. Um, but uh, one of the more strangest things that have happened around my grandfather, and this wasn't, well, he was with me, but I was at his house and it was the middle of the night with the friend I was talking about, I would hang out with. And we literally saw this, <laughs> it was about three in the morning, full moon, um, he lived out in Pot Creek. I just say that's where that's where his house was. And it's just little uh, this highway, the small highway out into the middle of the, the, the mountains, out way out in the mountains, like on its high desert house. So heading towards the mountains, we, we walk out to that highway and look towards the full moon right above the highway. We start walking in that direction and we just see this like figure, this a silhouette, because you, all you can see is the silhouette with the moon shining from its back. And so it was just this upright look lizard that's all we can say it was a giant like upright at least six foot whatever but it was like running towards us i mean you can't mistake that for like a bear or some other like a deer or something like we we they hunt all the time i've been around the woods long enough to know the difference but we saw that thing and we were just like we got to get out of here so we we booked it and it was like you know that was when i was like 15 and what do you do when you have when when some weird experience happens in your life you kind of just forget about it, right? You kind of just block it out or just say that didn't happen. So that's basically right. what I did for most of my life until you start hearing about people talk like David Icke and others talk about reptilians and things. I'm like, okay, well, that makes more sense. But Man, you're like, wait, this stuff is real? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You should have 
you should have told me that happened. I could have titled this episode chased by a reptilian at age 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, um, they, they count on, on the masses to forget what they see. You know, mm-hmm. we were just, I'm just listening to some old captain Mark Richards interview and, and that's what he talks about. They count on the masses to forget because they know that we have a fear of not fitting in. So um, yeah. we want to fit in and don't be ridiculed. Or to be right? too afraid to speak out about it. That's what so, I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, exactly. you know, you had an experience, but you're like, no one's going to believe me. They're all going to think I'm crazy or on drugs or whatever. Because, so you just don't ever talk about it. And then every, and then it creates this false illusion that, oh, no one's experiencing these things because no one's hardly anyone's talking about it, but they're all afraid to talk about it. Right. So exactly. right. the fear of not fitting in, like right. you don't, because you want to be accepted by society, you don't want to be an outcast. So you don't talk about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. The other, the other aspect of it too, is just think about all the people that do have these experiences and we're like, I'm crazy, but like mm-hmm. a lot of them are, they're young. They're probably doing like smearing with drugs and taking drugs. So people are just like, Oh, you were just high. You're just on this or that. But I can right. tell you for sure, I didn't do, I didn't smoke anything then. I wasn't even drinking at all then. So we, we were totally in the right mind. I had a witness, my friend that said that happened, you know, so. Right. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the program response because I just did a, a my first ever radio station interview here in St. Louis. It actually went into a studio, you know, it's being, you know, broadcasted on FM radio, whatever. Uh, but the first, I started telling one of my stories. The first question they asked me, were you drunk? Were you high? Right. You, talk, you know yeah. they they immediately want to like get that out of the way first because it's like i don't know it's like a well, that's where everyone's mind immediately goes like oh you must you right. must have been on drugs first of all how many times does this stuff happen to drunk people even like exactly right? it's, <laughs> yeah. like exactly. it's not no it's not common even if you were drunk. even if you were yeah yeah um so can you explain maybe the your understanding of his clearance 38 levels above top secret like, what does the president have in regards to that? Yeah. So, in comparison. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a little. You have an image that would be perfect. I, yeah, I found a chart that I, I looked up at one point in time. But the, the president is like at 17, level 17, you know, like restrict, you have restricted, confidential, secret, top secret. And it keeps going up and then the president's in the mix up there somewhere in the all the in the top secret crypto faction of it and then there's several ones um near the top like cosmic and um stellar and majestic is like the very top but um right and i've heard that was clear and i've heard there's even more like even one above majestic you know right. and it's yeah. and that's the thing that people don't know yeah people it's so compartmentalized you think you're at the top like he thought cosmos was the top level like you don't know about the other stuff above your you know, your head so that's why yeah. it's like yeah. foreign to some people like i guarantee the president of the united states doesn't know what you know right. for her cosmos or anything you know? right right it's funny you said 38 levels because david wilcock would always say he would get from insiders there's 35 levels above the president so that's close to that number so it seems like it's somewhere around that's a lot of levels above the press and it's right. funny because the illusion <laughs> the illusion we're sold is that the president is at the top of the of the chain and that's so far from the truth it's not even funny right they're the, they're at the they're like way down way down they're like a middle somebody called them oh presidents are like middle management that are like right. way down the, the chain right and i i would guess that i mean i don't know if this is true but 
I've heard people say that Trump was probably read in a little higher than mm -hmm. the average. 17, I believe that. I believe um, that. If he was involved in the whole yeah. Q operation and all that stuff, I don't yell at me guys for mentioning it. But there's, but even him, there was yeah. still so, so much above. That's why I'm, he yeah. Even knew, it, probably. So I, I can read you actually this real quick. He, he had a whole Star Wars city chart, which I think that some kernel came out within late 90s um, that actually shows like Cheyenne Mountain. Um, a NORAD, all the connections with the president, Magi, uh, National Reconnaissance Office, which the NRO that he claimed to be a part of. But uh, it says here, there exists a cosmic Q, level 33. This is Magi, M-A-J-I, which came first. Then there is Majestic 12, MJ-12, which is level 32 and came later. In aircraft secret manufacturing, there are directors at 31, level 31. Then on level 30, we have the officials of the Wackenut group, the Double O Boys, followed by elite group of the Snatch and Snatcher Snuff, who gets orders from the Secret Service. There are 38 levels to top secret. So kind of explains that a little bit. Right. Yeah. So even, you know, and that's where we see all this um, contradicting information, because some people forget, especially the guys who have a clearance, they forget that it is compartmentalized. And they think that like they know they're read in and they know the ultimate like, no, I would know about this. We just talked about this in our last episode. Yeah. And we have to remember this when we're sharing information, when we're learning stuff, hearing from people and like, well, this person said this and this person said that. Yeah. But right. they're getting information from two different, completely different levels. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's such a big deal. Like we we I want to make sure we say that up front. we try to say that when we have even when we have guests or when we're talking about any subject, it's like. Don't take our word for it. We don't have all the answers for sure. But, you know, every every one of us has a piece of the puzzle, a piece of the story. Like exactly. there's no there's no one person with all the answers. And as soon as you hear that person say that, then you run the other direction because it's <laughs> bullshit. It's right. complete bullshit. I'm sorry. It, it has to be like, yeah. no matter right. who you are, you're you, you like all the great masters say, I'm just I'm just a, uh, I'm just a friend. I'm just an apprentice. I'm still learning. I'm a I'm more a student than a teacher. It, all the great masters will tell you that because that's that's true that's that's how how life and ascension and progression all you know come into play um, right I well and a master exactly. a master understands that their student is there to teach them also right know? right right and the more you the more knowledge you gain the more you know uh, how much you don't know <laughs> so exactly. it's almost like your awareness of your ignorance increases the more you yeah know and the more you grow in knowledge and wisdom so so the fact that anyone is saying would be alluding to like oh i basically know everything or or if that was true i would know that just shows you how like unevolved they are i mean i'm sorry to say right. but like they're and they're right. massively like their ego is you know consumed consuming them yeah yeah so in regards to this symbol that's behind you guys uh, off camera or before we went live you told us this actually has something to do with your grandfather can you let us know about that so this is actually how he got his initial you know he had his initial um uh, encounter that i just described earlier but he had further and further uh introduction to classified programs through uh benoit mandelbrot he actually worked beside him um under him in, in um while he was in the air force in his early part of his career uh, and that's how he you know that gained confidence within that group that they were allowed him to know more and, and gain access to, to higher level projects as, as he went, went through the years. Um, but it, it started with him and they were working on uh, climate control type stuff. Um, in the um, in England, was, England, 
first base, yeah. Yeah, the big hangar they have down there for, for climate control operations. Yeah. Wow. What, what Air Force Base did you say that was? It cut out for a second. Oh, it's Eglin. That's in Florida. Yeah, Florida. Eglin right. Air Force Base, EGLA. There's a lot down in Florida and oh, well, yeah. the, the entire coast, Cal LA, California. Uh, there's a lot of undersea bases there, portals, stargates. You know, that's, that's what I think of whenever I see that too. I think of like a grid system of portals and stargates stuff too, which is right. Uh, now I was just gonna say too, because of I mean it's a it's a very I'll just tell you, it's it's crazy the stuff he said. I always said back when I read the book, like if two percent of this information or one percent is even true it, it could change the whole world it could change everything you know how much it right. is tied into him um that's still the question and we're still trying to find that out i'm, I'm actually still going to the freedom of information act and trying to get uh evidence from nro and air force and i think i'm making progress so i'll just maybe get an update to you guys later but um just to just to say like his background uh when you're adopted or you're a foster child like he was when you you know you don't it, it's, it's just you don't have as many ties and and i think back then when there was so much of this the sightings taking place maybe it was easier to try to bring people in or just you know do the assessment and uh, see where they're at but he was also a mason he we know that because my our, our mom was actually part of like the eat sister the eastern star or whatever the, the, the for the women that would do that um, we have his apron that he did have he claimed his grand great-grandfather was a 33rd degree mason like and I think that was on his adopted side, his foster side. So like there was these connections he had. And I think that especially with the Masons, if you have any connection like that, you're going to usually get ahead or you're going to get a, accepted a little bit quicker. So, um, well, I think and, I yep. and being adopted, that fits the, that fits the, uh, mold, whatever I'm trying to say perfectly for the secret mm -hmm. space program. Yeah, uh, yeah. Description fits the description, whatever I can't think, but it's true. I think that, they target people who are in the foster care system. And we know this actually, because a lot of the whistleblowers and experiencers talk about this, you know, and it makes mm -hmm. sense. Well, there's a whole theory about children in the foster care system and the pod people. I don't know if you guys have gone down that rabbit hole. We might do an episode on it coming, but essentially it's like the theory where a lot of the people in the late 1800s and early 1900s were actually grown in pods. And that's where like the whole cabbage patch kids actually represents like children being grown and wow. yeah and there's actually a lot of evidence to support this and they were even even the world's fairs like had children in incubators they were on display like they had the technology so we know it's not the technology is yeah. not a theory but apparently it was a lot more common and widespread and that's where all these foster homes like they just put these children in foster homes because they were literally growing them now that's a crazy theory i understand but uh it's possible and it there's no doubt that some of these people when you don't have a family you can be used for anything no one's going to know you're missing you know don't yeah. be looking for you right yeah <clears throat> definitely all these missing children like you i hear it like uh, when tony rodriguez was talking and some of these people that they just remember as kids like how many would just disappear like thousands of kids like and it was normal like how in how in the world is that normal and how is that not like addressed on a massive scale across the nation like hello, like, what, can we stop doing all this other shit and figure out what's going on with the kids? Like, that's right. crazy. That is insane that that happened. And it probably still happens. But back then it was definitely, yeah, it was known. It was known. Um, like, 
So in the book, now I, I, I can't wait to read this book. I wish I had Me read too, it yeah. before we'd done this so it could be a better interview. But uh, I'll just let you guys explain. Did he get in detail about like races of ETs or did he go that far or not? Did he even talk about the ET presence? Yeah, Dan, Dan I don't know if you want to say much about it, but I, I think more or less he, he talked about the greys. Um, and I'm not sure how much he said there was different races. He said there was the Palladians, the Zeta Reticuli the Orion groups, um, he did list them out. He didn't go into to a lot of detail, but I know in d uh, talks, there's interviews of him actually, we found later on, much later um, from the nineties where he's uh, giving some testimony and he talked about the grace more than anything. Um, so I, I, know, I know in the early days, that's what they were dealing with those crash retrievals um, in the late forties, fifties, mainly it was the grace and that those agreements that happened one way or another, you know, behind Eisenhower's back with MJ-12, things like that. So he addressed all that. But that's, I think the grace is what he really talked about more or less, because that's where a lot of the technology transfer stuff was taking place in the early, early days too. So, yeah. Right, right. Maybe some of the Trojan horse stuff too, you know, I think was happening. Right. Um, Did you have anything to add to that, Daniel? I don't know. He had jogged my memory a little bit about, you know, talking about the grace when I was, when, uh, when I was in Taos visiting over the summers, he would tell me about um, the Greys quite a bit. And, and that was like a, lo a lot of what he um, he was really familiar with was was working with the Greys. And, uh, you know, I also remember now him showing me VHS sets of like actual UFO footage. It was all like black and white. I don't know. I don't know where he didn't. I don't remember where he said it was from, but um, I remember him him showing showing me that. Um, and and yeah, definitely he, he talked about ETs all the time. Um that was that was his main did main he, thing. And did yeah. he ever give his opinion on what he thought the Greys were? Like did or not? It, like not personally to me, but I do remember the videos he's talked about how they were most of them were droids, most of them weren't really actually biological. Um must mm -hmm. like they were just suits that they would wear to come here or they would it was almost like androids. That's the only way they could, you know get around in our atmosphere stuff like that different different topics like that so right and captain mark right. richards used to talk about the blue grays he said the blue grays aren't the same droid minions that we hear about they're actually an organic gray that most of the time they're living in undersea bases um so it's really in right no just saying the term gray i think gets used a lot but there's all these different types of grays or zeta reticulans that get all lumped into this one term gray right the tall grays and there's the, like the android ones that you're talking about, and there's the ones you're the talking ebens. about the ebens the yeah, ponty yeah. that sue walker right um there's all these different races and some are more the mitra service yeah. to self or or neg right. so-called negative and some are right. are actually benevolent or uh, or at least neutral you know so yeah. and that's and I don't like people always just trying to, of course, we, we, we discriminate and, uh, against our own, our own human race. So of course we're going to do that with any alien species. So I don't want to just say like, Oh, one's good, one's bad. Like, of course there's, you're going to find a mix of everything, you know, right. yeah. reptilian, same thing. There's, there's yeah, like the Draco yeah. and the negative. Well, and the, when you, and the negative ones, and then there's actually benevolent ones. And the interesting thing is if you listen to people like Mark Richards, Max Spears, James Caspel, they talk about at the very top, the white hats, the black hats, they're reptilians on both sides. They're just a good reptilian and a positive reptilian or a negative. Right. 
So, and like one of them has aligned with the humans. The other one is like the draconians, the Dracos. So we don't ever consider that. We just think, oh, all reptilians are bad when technically some of them are, we're actually aligned with some of them. And the way they describe it is it's a war for the planet among a bunch of different ET groups. And then we're yeah. just kind of caught in the middle of it. So, and we're like, we're the other side of that war. I guess it's up to us to like overturn all of that and, you know, take the planet back for ourselves. But these right. are just concepts that we don't really consider most of the time. We just want to paint everything as black and white, you know, good and bad. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then he actually said, I remember, I remember he had like a hot tub. He'd go out in the back, in a, his back porch and he'd get in the hot tub and he'd smoke his cigar. He loves his cigars. And he would he'd look up and he'd see Orion's spell. And I remember he said, that's where I came from. That's, that's my home, something like that. So he, he, he aligned with Orion somehow for one reason or other. Um, yeah, he was very spiritual. He was very into like Native American spirituality, um, being out there. He had some uh, Native American ancestry in him, and he was really proud of that. And so he thought a, a lot of, of that, and um, it tied a lot into what he was, you know, doing uh, on the UFO side of things and in the cosmos and the stars and, and, and associating it with that spirituality side of it. So, How old was he when he passed away? He was almost at almost 70, 80, I guess. Yeah. Um, yes, mid seventies, I think. Yeah, somewhere there. Yeah. Well, it says in the obituary because I had to just go look it back up. It says he was yeah. born in twenty seven, so he died in two thousand seven. So twenty eight, twenty eight or twenty seven. Yeah. So yeah, but that'd he was be, already on eighty then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he or was seventy nine, maybe. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, when I think he, he was on the he said he was 75 when he and the book came out in 2003 so he was really kind of on his way out um mm-hmm. as that time was already approaching so like we said by the time the book came out we, we you couldn't really make sense of anything he said or if it was half true or, or what because uh his he was degrading so quickly mentally and physically sure, but, uh, sure. it just makes me look forward to the future because you know these guys talk whenever they're retired um Mark Richards did that. Well, he went, he was wrongfully imprisoned. William Tompkins, you know, your grandfather, this is all post-retirement, you know? So imagine what we're going to get from the guys who are active now that are, Mm. once they retire, like by the time we hear about all this stuff, like they've already moved on to so much more. They don't even care that we're talking about this. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think that's where, that's where we're at. Honestly, that's where we're at. And, um, I think too, like, yeah, it's, it's, it, there's no way they can hide any of this. The, the floodgates are about to open up. So yeah, I, I think if we can see that happening all over the place. Um, yeah, just in a, just in a nutshell, but I, I totally agree with that. I was something else I was going to mention about, Oh, the first, uh, the first time he talked to us about this stuff, I remember he sat us down. I was only like 10 and my mom said, Hey, come into the kitchen. Pop up has something to share with you guys about his UFO experience or some experience in the military. So that's when he officially first came out, at least to the family and said, I was a part of this back in the late forties, early fifties. And he talked about that first experience. And of course, as a kid, we listened to that. And we're like, oh, that's crazy. Okay, I'm gonna go back out and play outside. And I had no idea what to do with that information. So, <laughs> so. You know, yeah. it's planting that seed though at a young age, which I wish somebody would have done for me, you know, but. Because oh, yeah. we all find our way eventually. 
but like being introduced to phil schneider at such a young age i mean i didn't learn about him until way down the road and by the way there is a great documentary that tells his entire story it's called um operation underground i think on amazon prime uh it's by darcy weir yeah uh it's a fantastic documentary it just tells the entire phil schneider story Mm -hmm. and includes gruesome photos surrounding his death and uh but wow. you know because he wasn't he didn't kill himself and then yeah. of course very, uh, very, he was taken out right yeah he explains that up. in the, the book oh, sorry. darcy wears other uh documentaries secret space ufos yeah they're really i highly recommend those they're just tons of information he did another one on uh, tr3b too, tr3b which is well. really good mm-hmm. yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, he he does explain that how uh, Snyder was uh, basically strangled with piano wire or whatever, and it's supposed to be a suicide. It's like, how is that possible? Nice. And um, <laughs> he goes into Forrestal, a, a big into the MJ-12, how it started, how Forrestal wanted to basically expose it all. And that's why they threw him out of the um, mental hospital in Baltimore or Bethesda, wherever that was. And he never, he he was, he, they said that what he said in the in the video, he said, you know, he he um he never what was it he was alive when he after the fall he was still alive well the fall didn't kill him but they never let him get up alive or something like that like that's how we framed it sure but uh, that's that's another thing he talked to me when i was a teenager about majestic 12 a a lot like everything was about majestic 12 at first and i really didn't know what that meant or i'm sure he tried to explain it to me but at the time i couldn't i didn't really grasp what that my concept of the government was not that evolved to know where that fit in or what anything really made sense so kind of i remember that that the the language the majestic 12 though and him talking about you know these people and they're in charge of ufos and all this stuff and that it just uh didn't click for me until obviously you know now you know yeah it's hilarious to me that we even have to have a debate with some people on this subject like on the possibility do they exist you know yeah like we're so far beyond you know it's like Wait, well, there's people actually still trying to figure out if UFOs are real. Like that's such if a if Roswell happens, me. yeah. Right, if Roswell. Like we're still trying to figure out if Roswell. Come on, guys, let's move past. Like yes, it happened. It was real. And ETs are real. They're here. Let's move past all that. The problem is, is like it. It could easily be in, introduced introduced into the education system, and we can oh, yeah. we can learn about so this, easy. and it wouldn't even be a question because it's coming from the schooling system that people exactly. are already trust in but since it doesn't come from the universities and all that um we have to argue about this and debate about it but it's everywhere you look and books like this one and the information that's out there it's overwhelming the evidence is actually overwhelming it's laughable that some that you know people still don't believe in this stuff but I think I I mean obviously I think every day that percentage is getting higher and higher because right I mean you're just not going to be able to ignore it at some point. It's such a good point. I mean, we've all been brainwashed through our education system and and we we see how how they're literally dumbing us down every generation by generation. It's it's so obvious. I don't know how people of course we see it, but I mean, some people just say no, no, we we're still the greatest nation in the world, you know. The USA we'd never harm our own people and do wrong to, you know, that are you I don't know. That just that irritates me, of course. It frustrates people that see the damage it's done, right? So, yeah. Uh, and we don't want that to happen to our kids. And that's, I think that's me, why me and my brother now are fighting to really talk about it because we're at that point where we have to raise our kids in this 
crazy world. Like, so right. let's, yeah. let's try to fix it now as much as possible. Right. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, that press club in 2001 was a pivotal moment in mm-hmm. ufology and disclosure. And that, I mean, that's undeniable. I remember watching that online in like 2010 or something when I finally found it on beforeitsnews.com. No, <laughs> I remember yeah. that. That's like um, around back then. Yeah. yeah. But it, I remember seeing that and being so blown away back then. Just like, wow. You know, it's a it was a pivotal moment. And people like have a problem now with Greer being tied to it because, you know, Greer has this um, narrative where there's no negative ETs. And obviously, like, he come might, on. He might be controlled opposition. Yeah, he might um, be. But if he doesn't think there's negative ETs, that would... That yeah, that's a kind of a big red. That's flag. a big red flag. But that being said, he does a lot of amazing work. His documentaries are amazing. You know, he he did that. He he did yeah. disclosure project two thousand one. So you kind like of don't throw the doctor. baby out of the bathwater. You know, with yeah, anyone. Yeah. Greer is, Dr. Greer is definitely a badass. I would want people right. to know that he is a badass and he's fought for his life to stay alive. But I do feel too like you know he's he's careful what he says and what he what he should and shouldn't say. And I think. He comes out with information when he when he knows he's okay to come out with it. Mm. And maybe this push, the push he's in, is is what they've allowed him to do. They said, Well, we'll let you run with it, but you know, you don't can't say this. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do this, don't do that. Like I think it's obvious the way that that's being played out right now. And right. like John right. Warner just said in our last episode, he he heard that Linda Moulton Howell was told she could talk about the cattle mutilations, but not the human mutilations. Like so mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you can talk about this, but not this. She was probably threatened, I'm sure. Like, right. if you go outside this box, you know, you right. don't want to do that kind of thing. And, and a lot of people, are. you know, we don't actually know what's going on behind the right. scenes. So right. we can't just like paint anyone as the enemy or control opposition because there's a lot more involved than just that. Right. I, yeah, definitely. And and I remember I met Greer. I was trying to get information about our grandfather and like the actual unedited versions of the of the film footage he had, uh, which he kind of just shrugged me off because he had his entourage. It was the premiere. It was the as um, whatever you call it, the premiere of the series in L.A. And I was yeah. in the uh, the after party event or whatever. And David Wilcock was there of all people. Oh, no way. Nice. And my God, was I an idiot for not like realizing how a connection he had with the actual event disclosure project. And the fact that he interviewed our grandfather. I had no idea when I saw him there and said hello. And I said, oh, my God, thank you for all you do. Um, and I didn't ask those questions because I would have gotten so many answers. So right. we're 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 still trying to find out to this day certain information that David Wilcock knows that Emory Smith knows because he filmed our grandfather in the disclosure project. And we talked to Emory Smith one-on-one and kind of just haven't been able to contact him again. So all these little pieces that are there and they're like at our grasp at our fingertips and we're like, Oh God. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get there someday. But <laughs> yeah, David, oh. David always talks. I forget, about I forget which, which David Wilcock. This is, I forget which David Wilcock book it was, but he mentioned he referenced our grandfather like three different times throughout the book. It was I think it was his really? third book. Um, Ascension, yeah, yeah, Ascension Mysteries. He, Ascension Mysteries. Mysteries. Yeah, yeah, that's an amazing book. Yeah, he, yeah he, really. David always talks about, about how he was at Disclosure Project in person, and he said yeah. that's where a bunch of uh, I think multiple insiders like came up to him after that or at that, and uh, mm. and started and like one guy I remember he said came up to him. He's like. You're about eighty-five percent correct, or something. And he's like, "If you, right. if you go get go get some food with me, and I'll tell you the rest." And then he started talking to him. And but yeah, he yeah, always talked about that? how he was there. So. Did he say who that person was? I remember that. 
but I don't know if he's. Uh, I can't. He did. I think in the book. I think in that book he does. Real. I can't remember. Real quick, I want to thank Maya. I believe that's how I would say that. Um, for the donation you gave earlier, I didn't get a. Uh, Maja. Maja or Maja. Maya. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for the donation. We really appreciate that. Uh Jack, I was it reminded me, Jack said, Do you have enough to buy eggs after donating? <laughs> it's it's that, funny. Yeah, I mean that's, that's an interesting topic. That's true. Guys, don't <laughs> eat eggs. It's clogging your blood. Actually, we probably even sh shouldn't even eggs are gonna be the next word to get us censored on YouTube. Right. Watch. You can't say you can't say <laughs> eggs anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. No, I was we uh, we actually we briefly met David Wilcock at Contact in the Desert in uh, 2019, and he uh, right. signed our grandfather's book for us. And he was telling us that he remembers meeting him and talking to him at the Disclosure Project. And um, we only had like five seconds to talk to him because then he, next people yeah. had to come in. But uh, sounds about right. We'd love to have more conversations with him on on anything about our grandfather because it seems like he did have some some more interaction there that that we would we would love to know. And same thing with Dr. Greer. I'd love to know hear about you yeah if you guys can get us in contact every time we talk to somebody we're like anybody have a connection with these people so we can actually get some answers like that'd we, be great we, right? we try to get connected and we were like you know yeah he's a hard he's a hard one to get connected with right that's the only yeah. thing yeah you know and everybody has their opinions about a lot of these guys now but like you said at the right. very beginning everyone has a piece of the puzzle we always say it too and, you know, they've done a lot of groundwork to pave the way for us. And we can't forget that. And we have to be grateful for that. And yeah. no one's perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's it's actually good to hear about this stuff because it reminds us that we're all human. We all make mistakes and we don't need to be so hard on ourselves either. Don't put anybody up on a pedestal. Don't make them your messiah. Like that's don't the whole, that, that is the opposite of what the, you're supposed to be doing. And and apparently that's what a lot of these other, these higher and highly evolved um, advanced beings that are trying to help us say like, you know, stop, stop trying to worship us that you did that for thousands of years. Let's, let's move on to the next level where you guys just are one with us. We can, you know, start, you know, having real conversation, sit at the big boy table, stop playing right. with nuclear weapons in the sandbox, like a bunch of little five-year-olds, like not that's killing how, each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how I look at it. It's crazy. It's right. Eggs, right. Eggs, Amen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. I wanted to say when we were talking about, you know, Phil and people being killed for talking about this, um, I didn't know this until just recently. It was so if you can't tell, I've been uh, rewatching all the Captain Mark Richards interviews, but apparently yeah. he was friends with Robin Williams and he says that Robin Williams did not kill himself. Wow. Know? Yeah, wow. he and Robin Williams wife was actually getting upset with Robin because he was communicating with mark in prison because mark's been you know communicating with everybody via prison he has a life sentence that right yeah carrie carrie went into that Harry yeah, Cassidy, yeah. yeah yeah so but he was friends with robin williams and he says that there's no way he killed he killed himself and there's a lot that doesn't add up there wow. and his wife didn't want him talking to mark because he she was afraid of that so uh, it's really interesting that you know we're, we get to so freely talk about this stuff now yeah you know yeah because people were being killed but now people are yeah, just right. being mind controlled and and it's a different we way kind of, we kind of take it for granted now because right. we're we yeah that's just how it is like most people now can there's too many of us talking for one thing there, right. there's no exactly. way like like david wilcock would always talk about. he's like he's like there, you have nothing to be afraid of because there's there's no way they're going to be able to take out everyone that's yeah uh, and there's yeah. too many and and they also don't want to they don't want to validate Especially if you're exactly. an insider speaking out, 
well, now that you're out in public, the second they take you out, they're going to be validating all of your information. That's the last well, thing you want. And you know yep. what I'm thinking about? So they're not going to do that. I'm thinking about too, though, like somebody like Robin Williams, like Mark Richards said that he knew secrets. Obviously, if he knew Mark, he knew stuff. Right. But when a celebrity talks, it holds a lot more weight than any of us saying. Exactly. Something. Exactly. A lot of influence over right. a lot of people. Right? Just, just like what uh, Elon Musk, like him or hate him, like what he's doing on, with the Twitter files right now, we can do 100 episodes about it and it won't get any attention. The fact mm -hmm. that a big name says anything, like it goes so much further and it has a world, a global impact. So that's why those people are probably targeted a little more than us. Mm -hmm. But and, still, and definitely on the on the subject of child trafficking and all that that whole scene. That's all the main all the main musicians and actors, like you said. The ones that are really gotten killed lately are the ones that we're going to speak about that. But, that but they get by. but they get them before they start speaking about it. That's, that's the key here. Right. They hadn't they hadn't come out yet. If they exactly. already had come out, then they kill them. Then they're validating everything they're talking. Exactly. About. Notice exactly. how all these suicides happen before they're able to come out talking. Right. 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 There's the key. Right. And it, there's a difference between us sharing what we've learned as, compared to somebody sharing inside information that they personally experienced. Right. And they're like, listen, here's what's going on. And here's the names of the people involved. Those are the ones who are dangerous. First-hand yeah, right. insider, right? Yeah. That's, right, right. And so that 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 just brings up one real quick note that during the disclosure project, during that conference, the press club hearing in two thousand one, our grandfather was the only one that, when he came up on the podium to say what he knew, he froze, and he like Dan Willis told us what happened, and he said he literally just froze and just started to do this high pitched like shriek, like ah, and they just had to walk him off. You're like. Sorry, this old, you know, this guy just, he kind of broke down. He completely broke down and did not want to say what he had to say. He left early. He called my mom and said, come get me. I don't want to be here anymore. Like he left early because I think he knew like it was not good if he said anything else. Like, wow. it's that wow. big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, luckily uh, um, in the Disclosure Project, uh, you know, DVD cassette thing, or if you if you get the um, videos that Dr. Greer put together, you do have footage of his interview some of his interview before they went to the, the press club, but yeah, he was definitely terrified when he got up there for, for some reason. And I almost wonder if that was somebody triggering that within him too. We know that they, they have, if, if somebody's involved that heavily, that deep, they probably have implants and they probably can be controlled. And, and like, uh, who was yeah. it? Clifford Stone used to fall asleep. Was it Clifford, Clifford? Stone? Yeah. He yeah. would like every time he would try to say something important, he would fall asleep. asleep. It was almost like a trigger or something that was like embedded in him to stop him from talking. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and Tony Rodriguez talks about this a lot. Like sometimes as soon as you're like yeah. start thinking about something, it does something your brain like it's almost like a automatic response. Exactly. Yeah. And it like you makes you all of a sudden like the way tony describes it he's like you'll be one to talk about this and all of a sudden you're horny and you want to go you gotta yeah. go take care of that and then you forget yeah. about what you were doing so like or you're in pain or you start feeling sick right. and this is start falling asleep and this is definitely verifiable if you understand uh mind control trauma-based mind control and voice of god technology because yeah. that's not just voice to skull they have the ability to affect your entire body and nervous system and do things exactly like that. Can I can I read this one pa paragraph projection sums up in his in this book? I just I find gems in this book all the time. I'm like, holy shit, he he wrote that. And but uh, like so he he was just talking about listing all these 
bases. He said Bill Schneider knew 129 bases as of 1995. And imagine how many there are now. He, he listed at least, I don't know, 30 of them. But um, some of them we know, like Pine, some Pine Gap, Australia, there's a whole bunch. But after that, he says, there are projects within projects within projects, bioweaponry, genetic engineering, cloning and implant technology, intelligence-controlled medical facilities, genetic population control, mind control, remote engineering, remote technology, intelligence, sonic weapons, beam weapons, plasma weapons, and so on and so on. Like, he just was saying, oh, like, it's there. Yeah, like, yep. And imagine, yep. imagine the capabilities. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. He really did. I don't know. And again, we how much he he had firsthand knowledge of is what we still don't know. We might never know. But the fact that he had all of this compiled somehow, and he and I always say he wasn't like some guy sitting behind a computer when the internet just came out, like searching for all these files. Like he he must have had some of this access to some of this already somehow. And um, it shows well, yeah. it goes a little bit. Exactly. I mean, like showing showing us video VHS stuff in the '90s before you know he even had a computer. Or the internet was even a, a thing. So it's like, right? You know, he had, he he knew a lot of this stuff. And as far as like being triggered and, and having that response that he, that he did when he was at the, the press club, we talked with Dan Wells a little bit about it. But there very potentially they could have you know activated that somehow or even been responsible for the the strokes that he suffered like multiple times after coming out with this information and you know it's uh yeah yeah that's right. we question that too about the mini strokes if that was triggered from him starting to talk too much a little bit really it could it could have been and right. that's how it would look nowadays compared to like you know literally killing somebody or murdering them like they don't need to even be involved this can all be done from a satellite via space direct energy weapons right they can target from you distance they right. can target you through the planet i mean they don't even need to have a direct line of sight apparently yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, you know and it's the only other thing was the license plate dan did you well that was another thing that i just thought of the license plate he had i don't know if it can yeah. be seen um like so he said it was like a gift from the nro when he yours is yours is cutting out on your screen is that, oh, here. No, oh, okay. no, I, I, it looks like you're showing us cloaking technology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, check out this cloaking technology. Yeah. Oh my god, okay, <laughs> no, but but apparently he says it was a gift from the NR, NRO when he when he left, and it says, yeah, here it is. It's the um, he, he was in the um, yeah, go ahead, the department of the NRO that he was in, he was a member of the scientific and technical unit of interplanetary phenomena in Washington, DC, and that's um. Actually, we never we never heard any reference to that anywhere except uh, recently we had Brad Olson on our show, and uh, Brad Olson had that in his um, in uh, one of his books. I think it was Beyond Esoteric. Beyond Esoteric, yeah. and um, he was referencing it from um, Captain Corso talking about uh, Roswell. Um, yeah, Roswell. That unit actually went went in and was responsible for um, you know covering up a crash that happened a couple of years before. Um, and they were they were active back in the the late 1940s um, quite a bit, and that's you know that's where he um, claims that he worked in the NRO in the, in the National Conference Office in that department. Yeah, so a lot of the information that Clifford Stone talked about in those projects, like Project Grudge, Project Sigma, Blue Book, obviously, uh, and then he talked about Moonfly or Moon Dust or something. But a lot, a couple of them is what our grandfather talked about, and of course was in the early days that yeah. taking place, right? So, 
And every yeah. every project you just mentioned is in the John Lear report that came out in 1987 also, mm. uh, which I have a copy of. It's fantastic. Actually, there's a link to it for anybody who's interested. There's a link to that report on our website, which is in the description, uh, the John Lear report. It has more disclosure in that report than anything we've gotten in the last 30 years. I mean, yeah, there's a lot in that. And uh, that he's there's another one, you know, yeah. what's yeah. really happened. He just recently passed, you know. Yep. John Leardon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we should do like some sort of commemorative episode for all these all these guys and you know, compile some old interviews and like it would be cool. Uh yeah. cuz there's a lot, man. A lot of these guys paved the way for us and definitely. You know? And I feel like I I always say it. I mean, especially if they were CIA at one point or another or any intelligence agency like they I think they knew where they could go, where they were allowed to take some of the information and where they knew they they should probably back off like i could you can see it everybody has their like lane that they stay in for some reason when they talk about stuff so i feel like that that's on purpose almost i don't know like, mm -hmm. oh absolutely well yeah. some of it's based like that might be all they know like that they, they right. can share, but then uh other people like will say i can't touch on that you know mm -hmm. And it's interesting you mentioned your grandfather had a certain way of like these military men, they speak a certain way and they don't tell you things unless you ask the right questions. And I know that from dealing with some of these guys. And yeah, it's true. Like if you don't know about something, like if only, it's only, you know, after the fact when you're like, damn, if I had known to ask that. Yeah. It's almost like they know they're not allowed to tell this stuff unless you ask. Right. Unless yeah. you inquire about it. Right. right. Yeah. That, well, that's part of. Yeah, that's part of the, what do you call it? That's part of the code or whatever. It's, it's almost like, in, I feel like that's almost a Masonic thing too. It could be anyway, like that you yeah. can't really. Well, apparently it. it's a stipulation of some NDAs. Like you can't talk that's about it. it unless you're asked directly. Like right. you can, if somebody says, what do you know about aliens? You can't say anything. But if somebody says, what do you know about the, the tall gray Mitra who signed a treaty with President <laughs> Eisenhower? <laughs> then you're like, okay, like you have to ask, you know exact exactly. questions right i want to give a shout out to bill cooper too he uh he had a lot of praise to bill cooper and i followed him very heavily you know the fact that oh, he yeah. was killed shortly after exposing 9-11 and saying you know you know this was all done by our government and and osama bin laden was going to be the the target is the scapegoat and then mm -hmm. of course he got he died right after that but right after that right. yeah yeah so that but bill cooper was huge inspiration and my grandfather said he knew bill cooper and he was kind of a mentor uh to our grandfather in a way so yeah you know nice. you're gonna have to send me some of the old videos with him i've never seen any interviews with bill cooper no no oh with their grandfather grandfather salto sure. yeah. yeah 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 we we kind of i've compiled a few like and i've even tried to like splice them and put them into my own uh, so I can try to get you that. And we're, tr we're even trying to get the, even in his book, there is a bibliography that references his own UFO files from 1995 in VHS format, which I don't think it's only his only little stack of VHS that he had. I don't know if it was the copies that Nancy Redstar probably has who helped write the book, but anyway, we're trying to get that still off of VHS into digital. So yeah. my brothers have been, I, I have, uh, I have, yeah, from my, I'm storing a bunch of things for my mom, and I found a lot of just a like a treasure chest full of VHS tapes and old books and um, notes that he had and stuff from his career in the military. And I'm trying to convert these VHS to a digital format. I've been I'm striking out like every little 
by side by to try to do it. So eventually I'll get there and uh, we can uh, finally share that information. But, yeah. And it's cool. You guys are carrying the torch. You know, I'm yeah. sure he's proud of you guys. And, you know, you have a mission. You have an actual mission to get this information out and figure out everything that he knew and everything that you can. You know, I'm sure you could read that book a few times and learn something new every time. And like, you know, light bulbs will go off. It's going to be an interesting journey. You know? Yeah. And we didn't touch upon the last chapter. That's the last thing is the wingmakers. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Oh, dude, tell me everything you know right now. I'm so <laughs> fascinated with the wingmakers. <laughs> it's, it's a rabbit. That is a huge rabbit I'm, hole. I'm yeah. going to Shaco Canyon in a couple weeks. Yeah. Because and that's where the cave there is where the original wingmakers yeah. material was found. Right. And I've been called Ancient there. Site. Right. Yeah. So tell me everything. <laughs> Well, he, he tried to go there himself from what Nancy Redstar said. He tried to go and they basically just told him, get out. You know, you're not allowed here. Um, so he was big into that. And he knew if he made that the last chapter of his books. So we know that it held a lot of weight. And the ACIO and that organization, he 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 mentioned that the only one in the disclosure project to mention them and and give that, you know, some some validity there. And wow. so we're trying to really search for answers there. To go into the wingmakers is too much to to even begin. Like we think for sure it's linked to you know the the NSA, NSA then to the ACIO and blank slate technology. I think all that was the the, the onset of what the secret space program stuff became and and the twenty and back programs. I think it all sort of came out of that or a version of that anyway. Um, I think it's all linked in in a lot of sense to that to that topic. I know um, you've read the Wingmakers website. You had to have, right? Sure, of course. Yeah, the Neruda right. interviews. The Neruda interviews are great information yeah. set. Um, I'll, we we did a whole series. Go watch the, some of our shows. We did two episodes on the Wingmakers exclusively to try to, de you know, uh, decipher all this stuff. Um, and it's still like, you know, at the end of the day, you use your own discernment. I think they're trying to hide the truth in plain sight, and they're trying to make it look like, you know, a, a nice artistry creators story and of course james has changed his story from the beginning of the site and somebody's done a very good job of telling you how it's changed over time and how james has kind of said you know this is just all just all my work i i, I came up with this just for your yeah. benefit you but, have to find right. the or go to the original link the original mm -hmm. wingmakers that hasn't been edited to, to get the best meat of the information i think right yeah. yes yeah, we use that way back machine to find the original website and, and find, you know, the exact text original that came out. Yeah. And I put that link in one of our under one of our recent episodes where we were talking about it. And don't, yeah. I don't remember now, uh, but if I find it again, I'll throw it under this one. Um, that in, that in particular, you know, I, I, people have heard me say this before, but the reason I found wingmakers was because of a dream I had. I didn't even know these were the wingmakers was a thing. Mm -hmm. I had this dream or what felt more like a recall. It was so real. I was on mission on another planet uh, with this group of time travelers. We called ourselves the Wingmakers. Oh, wow. And we had, we were flying one of those dragonfly craft that you see in Dune. Like that yep. literally, it was identical to that, except this was a water planet. And like all this, all the um, facilities were out on the ocean, like on stilts. And we had been caught and we were, being taken to like be held as prisoners at this one facility and we tried to escape but it, it didn't uh we didn't it didn't work anyway and we but we would use rocks like we would use like local stones or crystals as actual time travel devices 
and like because each each crystal oh, stores, stores data it's a record keeper and that's how we would time travel in this memory in this there's so much truth to that there's so much truth to that right and but when yeah. you go to the wing the acio website they talk about a, an extremely advanced device like a stone that they were that would be used as a time travel device and like yeah. all these bells were going off my eyes like these light bulbs were going off and then I was synchronistically guided to Chaco Canyon and like all this stuff. And I'm like, there's no accident. Like, I don't know if I have a connection or what, but I have to go and find out. Like, maybe I'm going to get a download while I'm there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's you should definitely follow. Follow your intuition, man. Do it. Uh, I hope I hope all the, I hope you're safe, though, whatever you're doing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. You're not supposed but to yeah. go over there. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, this podcast yeah. Got you. Yeah. Don't come back. Right. Now that the one thing that we don't know, and maybe you're curious too, because they mentioned that there's seven of these around the world. That the Shaka Canyon is just the first that was discovered, and we and my grandfather said we'd find the others when it's time to find the other ones. But there's a lot of talk about these space arcs, so I'm always curious. Like, is there a direct link to that, or is this another version of that same activation that we're supposed to all, you know, as a planet, find at the right time? And um, uh, yeah, there's so many links that you know, I don't know if they, how they overlap. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And I've right. heard about that, like other caves, but they specifically said other caves, didn't they? Like where? Other, yeah. Other sites. And then, and, and the new, and that's, I don't know. Cause it's the newer site that actually shows you all seven of where these sites are. Yeah, they listed yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Cause I haven't gone to the new site. I just kind of, I was like, I don't even want to like, yeah, yeah, myself with that. Just give me the original stuff. So that's how I've been forever. <laughs> yeah. So but I, thought, I, I think know. the most fascinating thing for me was the philosophy of it when they went down. When um, if you read the uh, interview that Kerry Cassidy did with James, the guy who was like the webmaster, it's I mean it's amazing the, how they go through and they they include aspects of the Anunnaki and um, this yeah. whole thing and about you know our our souls incarnation and everything like that and, and our spiritual journeys and what we're doing it's 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 a it's a pretty epic philosophy to to, to learn about it's it's really amazing yeah. i mean the material is yeah it's something and definitely i'll tell you into. i'll tell you this much too like think if, if you want like a if you want to really really step back and like know there's like layers upon layers of deception and misinformation and and these other higher dimensional levels that we hopefully will get to there's still there's still a lot of misinformation and disinformation among them among the own these beings themselves like how how far we think it goes we you know we can we can't assume that we we know and um it, it's just there's just too much there's so much to talk about on that uh so i think it really opens your eyes up to what's really possible yeah what's what's really out there um yeah right. you know. Yeah, the misinformation is interesting because like where does the truth start and the lie begin and that's for that's why the individual journey you have to just go on that path of self-discovery and, and like kind of let your body tell you what's true and what's not you know right and that's the other part of this like there's no one correct way to go on the journey this is your own personal journey everybody's has a different path they have to go through to to, to validate or confirm like this is this is true this is my truth i just found it but that was a trigger for me or this book or this this video whatever it is like their your your life is meant for a purpose to to go and find those things the hero's journey that you have to take to find that and mm -hmm. so i don't know i've had to definitely go through that i've had some crazy experiences and um 
like I've had a Kundalini experience that happened like after the conference in 2019, that was a pivotal moment. Like that, that kind of validated like everything that just happened. I was like, something, something was coming down to tell me like, you're, you're on the right path. Like keep doing it. Like, this is, this is the truth. You're, you're, you know, you don't second guess yourself, things like that. So. Um, right. Yeah. Like uh, just direct knowing is yeah. kind of like James Gilliland says it. And I love that. It's like mm -hmm. a direct knowing. I always see those Bigfoot stickers that say, believe. I just want to, yeah. I just want to see one that says like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and we can connect with all these beings ourselves. That's the thing. Like right. some people are waiting on disclosure and waiting on them to be like out in the public, like, Oh, I can go and talk. Well, you can already connect, you know, you just yeah. gotta, you just gotta figure out how mm -hmm. to do that, you know? And, and Dolores Cannon, like that reminds me of her and, and the fact that she had so many cases, of course she didn't have her own direct channeling. It was all information mm -hmm. from her uh, patients from all the, the hypnotic the, the sessions. She, yeah. All the sessions yeah. she did. And she, the way she said it was like, you know, if you wanted to communicate with us, if you're an advanced race, how better way to do it than to incarnate into these beings themselves and say, hey, you know, you know, you're well, basically they're integrating into us and saying, OK, this is why we're waking up and just saying, I know this. This is a right. part of me somehow, you know, one way or another. But exactly. exactly. We have that direct soul lineage, that connection. We can't quite put our finger on it because of the, of the amnesia, but we know like our, it's in our DNA, it's in our makeup. So there's some things we hear where when you try to explain to someone else, like how, you know, it's true. You can't really like, man, I don't know how to tell you, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it anyway, but some reason, yeah. like, I just know this stuff's real and you can't tell me otherwise. Right. Right. Cause we're all involved. And, and some of us might have like bleed through or subconscious memories of being in these programs and stuff. And maybe blank slate, like maybe we've all been blank slated the wingmakers guy. The reason he came forward and found that journalist was because he was quitting the organization and he yeah, knew right. that the stipulation for quitting was to be blank slated, but yes. he didn't align with what they were doing anymore or whatever the story was. So yep. he went and found this journalist, told her everything because he knew he was going to be blank slated. And right. he's walking, he might be walking around like no idea who the wingmakers are, you know, but that's right. That's exactly why it's like hard to know is James really James or did Naruto actually get blank slated and he's, you know, that's why he got it out when he could, you know, mm -hmm. and now it's, now it's this other direction it's going on. <laughs> Who knows? I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what Car Carrie Cassie told us. Um, we interviewed her last time and she, we talked a little bit about we makers cause she had that interview and she, she said that James is, is Naruto. She thinks that, that he is the guy. So, yeah. Oh, so maybe the updates on the website would, be a little more valid if it was actually him it could be again this is all it's all up to you it's up right. to your own, your own discernment take it as you want but yeah we just did carrie cassidy interview i think was really amazing and we touched on like ai and some political stuff too but um that's the one reason we're postponing to get you guys we did do a show with you guys and we're gonna have it out and swear but it's we're, uh, <laughs> it's right after carrie's uh we're coming out actually monday actually tomorrow so yeah. Great, nice. I'm Great. about to go on a trip to Egypt with Carrie Cassidy and oh, no months, actually, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, that's so cool. Like, yeah, there's I so many good connections. I love this. I love being in this community. I'm so grateful for this. Like, honestly, like, we I, we don't take this for granted one bit. Like, we're not even just like being in touch with you guys and doing what you're doing and being able to share it on your channel. This is amazing. So, thank you so much for that. 
Yeah, oh, and thank thank man. you. Thank and, you guys. And please tell our audience a little bit more about your channel and how they can find you and what you guys are even doing, um, just because they might not know and we didn't really touch on that. Okay. Yeah, we are we're on uh, Infinite TV and we um it shows called Tread the Veil and we go through anything that has to do with disclosure, um, you know, the Great Awakening type stuff, spiritual stuff, um, kind of the whole whole gamut of just trying to go behind the scenes and wake people up to what really might be happening in the world and uh, kind of following our grandfather's legacy of disclosure and trying to get stuff out there to people so they can, they can hear these things. And um, we kind of just stumbled into this. It was, um, I think Derek, you, you had a contact with Laura Eisenhower and she had you and Dan Willis on one of her shows or something like that. Right. And I had been, the only reason we, we, I didn't even know the, the creator of infinite TV, um, Arai Beckman, um, personally at all, I have randomly tried to reach out to him on Facebook because I followed Emory Smith from when we saw him at Contact in the Desert and I, he had this um, nootropic supplement that he was selling and he was actually partnered with Arai and I, I was, you know, I just ordered that stuff from their website and I saw it was conscious, called Conscious Vitality at the time was the name of the website. And, um, you know, I, I saw some other contact when, when, when they, Emory was with them, and I think they, they've parted ways now. But um, I reached out to them at Arai uh, at the time, and I was like, yeah, um, my brother just had an interview with Flora Eisenhower about our grandfather. He was in the Disclosure Project, and we thought, uh, I thought, you know, it might be something that he could have on one of his shows or something. And he turned around and said, okay, do you want to have your own show about it and talk about it? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? So I just kind of kind of happened like, and uh sweet <laughs> yeah pretty awesome ever since yeah and that was yeah, yeah i guess yeah. that was 2020 spring of 2020 maybe nice. yeah end of end of 2020 i guess maybe yeah yeah right. we started the summer 2020 yeah great man well that's incredible it's always exciting to you know connect with other people on the same path and the same journey and you know we all need each other right now more than ever yeah and yeah. I, and also but i was gonna say i don't know if you have a couple of minutes but there the, the ACI connection is pretty cool. And I don't know, like, I don't know how much you guys listen to Peter, the insider in that. Oh yeah. Side. Oh yeah. I've actually okay. talked to him personally recently and he had some really interesting stuff to say, but, uh, it's hard to follow some yeah. character. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so he did tell us like, I mean, he's willing to talk to us a little bit more. And I think, and, and working with Jessica who, who has that basically, I think she helps run that facilitate the site. Right. ACI, yeah. Official.org. And I think there and Anthony Zender that uh, he he's on yeah. there a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, so I think it holds a lot of I think there's some truth to that for sure. I think that I know it's very out there, even into our in our world, it's a little bit out there, but I think people are gonna start seeing where these these pieces fit. And I know you've talked, Tyler, about soul splitting and fragmentation and things like that, and how that is maybe all of us have gone through that a little bit. Even if living in this world we live in, we have to have gone through that because we have to go through the normal day-to-day stuff that we're told, but at the end of, at, at the same time, we might be playing video games just to distract ourselves to go into another world, or we might be into all this uh, UFO stuff and have a grandfather like ours that just kind of like put us on a path like that. So, no matter how you look at it, we all have we all have these fragmentations of what's what our reality is, and mm-hmm. and we have to cope with that. You know, whether a dream state, waking state, all this other stuff. So. I thought that's interesting. I thought it's, I just don't, I wanted to get you guys to take too, because we're talking to Peter now and hopefully yeah. get him some details. From everybody. Uh, we had a great, uh, go ahead, Daniel. 
I was just saying, we, yeah, we had a great episode with uh, Jessica from the ACIO this past summer uh, going really in depth about um, some past life experiences she had because uh, she's she's very um, intuitive about um, the, the the real society and the, the Nazis and the pre-World War II stuff. And it was it was really cool. She went really in depth on a lot, a lot of the things that our grandfather talks about extensively in his book as well. So it was, right. it was a, nice, a nice connection with her. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. She's great. You know, and I've talked to a lot of people who, because at first when you hear about Peter, the insider, you, I have to, que- I, I was skeptical. I'm like, okay, like what's the mm-hmm. case here? But everyone I talk to is like, no, he's the real deal. Like this is, there's something to this. And the more yeah. people I haven't encountered one person that, that said, no, he's full shit. Now I'm sure there's people that think he's full shit, but the people who give him the time of day and actually and talk to him, like I had a one-on-one conversation with him, you know, how he has access to the ACIO database and he can pull up files and stuff. And, right. you know, he shared some information with me that may or may, not, may or may not be true about myself and things, programs I'm involved in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But when he told me my whole body started having this like reaction, I almost had an anxiety attack. Like I was remembering some of this stuff and uh, I had to stop him actually, you know, cause it was, it was too wow. much. It was too much. Yeah. And like having that experience, like you have to, you have to ask yourself, like, who is this guy? Like, what's his actual involvement? But yeah. I've heard that like, he's possibly controlled also, you know, it, who knows, who right. knows what's going on, but what they're, the work they're doing, like him and Jessica, their channel is awesome. Uh, it's yeah. really deep. It's really out there. You, you know, you have to have some reference or baseline uh, understanding of this information yeah. before you jump into the lengths that they go to. But yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of parallel realities, parallel lives, uh, time travel stuff too. It's, it's, it's crazy, but you know, and that's what I, that's what I was going to say. And it, he even told us that actually, Tyler, he's, he said something before we started our show and he said, you know, by the way, you and your brother might've been in this or that involved in something. And I'm, I'm not going to go into that. Like I, I want to get more validation before saying I'm the anything. same way. I'm not even going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's exactly what he told us. And we're like, Oh, sh- wow. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Unless I remember something, I'm not going to talk about it. You know, oh my yeah. because Definitely. who knows? Yeah. It's irresponsible because what if it's not, but if true. it's not true, yeah, right? exactly. You want to know for sure. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, oh. what's the channel name? Somebody's asking. I can't think of it. Jessica Morocco, that's her name, right? But what's her uh, ACIO-official.org, I think is the... No, no, the YouTube, her YouTube channel. Is that um, oh, uh, with the one she does with Peter all the time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Talk, something, Talk, and Net. Or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't think that's people. Yeah, we'll no, it's, uh, that's the YouTube. When you go on YouTube, that's like the actual podcast she does, like Andrana Net Talk or something. Andrana, Andrana I make people like I'm subscribed. Yeah. I'm I'm subscribed to it, but I don't know. Andrana Talks. I swear it's Andrana Talks. <laughs> okay. Andrana Talks. Andrana. You no. Know. With Jessica. Yeah. Oh come on! This got to pop up anyway. Guys, we'll put the you'll, link. You'll find we'll it. find it. We'll put the link. It's not yeah. super soldier talk. Like the, the stupid no. notifications come up all the time. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm using my phone as the video, so I can't pull it up for you guys. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm looking to Let me see. Subscriptions. Yeah, Christians, Jessica. It's, yeah. I think I got it. Yeah, it's Jessica. 
uh, Jessica Morocco, Andrana, Andrana E-Talks. E-Talks. Yeah. Anyway, we'll put that in the description for you guys. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's the that's kind of the direction we're trying to find out more about for sure. The wingmakers are a big part of this one way or another, I guess, too. So thank yeah. you, Asher's Place. Yeah, she put Jessica Ariel Morocco. Thank you, Johnny T Talks. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. or E Talks. But yeah, that's the YouTube channel. Thank you, but, guys. But they, yeah, the ACE, that channel too, and the ACIO.org, they go deep into, like you said, they go into like how disclosures in every all these video games, certain um, even Netflix shows. And I, it's amazing that, that there's a lot of connections for sure. People well, look into that. No doubt. Video games, everything. And shows, yeah. Captain Mark Richards talked about how he had, he knew, he claims it like without beyond a shadow of a doubt that he said at least James Cameron and George Lucas were fully read in, not fully read in, but read in on the ET presence and some of the secret space programs and extraterrestrial life on other planets. Mm -hmm. And that some of their movies, if not all their movies, are funded by actual certain groups of ETs. And the profits from those movies actually fund the secret space program and that the, those ETs are involved in. Mm -hmm. He said wow. that a lot of the Hollywood blockbuster movies are funded by ETs and the profits go back to the ETs for their programs and working with Earth. It's really right. I mean, he says this like matter of factly, so I don't know. And Gene well, I, I, was told. I can tell you, I can yeah. tell you one thing. I don't yeah, know how sure, they would yeah. I don't know how they would have made Avatar unless that was the case. Because in a way, like you don't see any like disclosure movies like that where like the aliens are the good ones and the people are like, the, right, the, right. like, you know, so like, how could they do that and spend millions of dollars? They must, James getting help somewhere. James I Cameron. think, I personally right. think that the avatar beings that we see the, are legit, like maybe identical to an actual ET. Like yeah. maybe like we're getting a documentary from another planet that we just think we write it off as sci-fi, you know? Right. Right, right. Oh, for sure. And our grandfather, that was the other thing he would say to an off the cusp, like certain movies, he's like, go check that movie out. Like, this is a big one. This is a big one for disclosure. He would kind of hint at those things. So, right. Uh, yeah, he said that a lot of movies were in intentionally made with, you know, ties to government uh, intel, you know, as far as when you make this movie, and this it has to have this in it, you know. Yeah, like Jupiter Ascending, it's massive disclosure. When I, uh, whenever he said movies were funded by ETs, I thought of Jupiter Ascending. I'm like, yeah. that's a total ET yeah, movie. Total yeah. disclosure. And apparently, who knows if this is true, but some scenes are actually filmed in underground bases or even off planet. Now, that's obviously here. I wouldn't doubt it. But like, yeah. sometimes we might actually be looking at a real ET, a real off planet civilization, or a real underground base. Right, that we're not supposed to know about, but we just think it's a movie set. Uh, Star like, Stargate, Stargate SG One, right? Total disclosure, right? Yeah. Right. And Carrie right. Cassidy said the Raptors are actually in Jurassic Dominion. The are the new ones. The Raptors are actual. They say the actual actors of the these reptilians. That's what she possibly well, could. Be. I didn't hear that. I knew she said that they like to come in the movies, but I didn't know that which Jurassic she, the Dominion. She, yeah, she heard that. She heard that from somebody. So who knows if it's true? But I heard it from um, John Whitberg. He said it also. If you know who he is, he's an SSP guy that we're uh, in talks with having on the show. But he yeah. talked about the Raptors being actually in the movies as well. Um, and you just who wouldn't knows? know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I think that's what disclosure really is. It's we don't think it's happening, but guys, it's happening. 
and it's going to happen. Like it's something speeding up quickly. And I, I, we always talk about the fake alien invasion and that part of the, how it's going to play out. And we talked about that with Carrie because Mark, Mark Richards or no, uh, Randy Kramer said that even the good side, the White House might even be the ones to invoke this and, and cause it. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, you know, who, who knows, but like either way, like we have to be ready and cognizant of what could be possible, what has, could happen soon. At this so, point, right. I think anything's possible. Like, like everything's on the table. Like, like I don't yeah. count anything. I wouldn't be shocked if any of it happened, you know, yeah, and yeah, I right. wouldn't be shocked if none of it happened either. Like who knows? Yeah. Um, Maybe this know. is going to be just a big dud. Who knows? But like, I, I feel like, we're here for a reason saying this stuff and there's more of us coming together and, and it seems to be speeding up for a reason. So I'd, I hope we're getting prepared and helping people get prepared one way or another. So, yeah, no doubt, man, there's a huge wave, like the ripple effect that we create just by having these conversations, having conferences, it goes a long way and that's why they get attacked. And that's why channels get attacked. I mean, they know, they understand the power that we have. And, you know, disclosure, like John Warner just said, he, after all his research, he finally fully understands disclosure has to come from the people. We're not going to get it from the government in any way, shape or form. Like no matter, they're going to give us what they have to tell us, but the real stuff, what's actually going on, like that comes from us. Well, that's the control system. It doesn't make any sense. Why would the control system actually, (laughs) like it's when you understand how things actually work and how this it, you would you would laugh at the idea of disclosure coming from the government from any government or right, the, or, right. or the intelligence agency and like no they're they're there to cover it up and keep this control system going mm-hmm. the disclosure is going to come from the people that aren't in that or that are not attached to that system that are yeah. having these experiences and speaking right. the truth and know? like i always say they, they all have blood on their hands in this cover-up anyway, right. and they're not going to tell, on, tell themselves. on themselves. Right. Right. So they're tiptoeing around trying to figure out a way to do this without telling on themselves and, you know, incriminating but, themselves. Right. Right. That's yeah. the other thing I didn't say. I, I, the CIA did approach me when I was looking for work and they did want to see if I would be interested to join. And I, I definitely, I was definitely like, uh, that's probably not going to work for me. So, <laughs> but it was Take an that. interesting way to get in. Yeah. And, you're definitely in the secret space program. There's no way you're not. <laughs> totally. Maybe one of my alters is. I have no idea. But that's what I mean. Like oh, yeah. your consciousness, like part of your consciousness somewhere. Uh, I You don't get like the family connection, you know, almost joining the Air Force, CIA, like check all the boxes. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, I'm still, but, but I'm so like nuts and bolts and I always have been. I haven't had like, you know, these, things that happen where I, I had this being talked to me at night when I'm sleeping, like that doesn't happen to me. So it's just very, I, I try to stay like with like what I can say as evidence as proof that, you know, this happened, this happened, but that's yeah. the safest way to do it and the healthiest way to do it, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and smart. And uh, thank you, Rob Sullivan for the donation. Thank, thank you, very you, Rob. Much. Appreciate that. One, one other cool little thing. If you guys want to check it out, I, the other thing I didn't share is like I had a JFK experience on a Norwegian board and I swear people think that's crazy, but like I had a full blown like conversation that lasted, that was like 10 or 12 questions that went on. And, and I was with uh, good friends that had no, no idea who, what kind of questions I was asking. So I know they weren't just like messing with me, but this was crazy. I have it all transcribed. I talk about it on the show. So people feel free to, to see that episode. Conversation with that's, JFK. That's amazing. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. right. That, I want to. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear that. <laughs> I mean, you can tell us about it right now unless you don't want to talk. Yeah. About it. I mean, like just to briefly say, like some of the key things he said was I, I asked, what's the main thing you want to share with with uh, with everybody? You know, and I didn't ask like who killed you, because I think it's kind of obvious he did that. Well, yeah, but, the, guys uh, that, the guys that tried to hire you. Killed them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so no, I asked, so what's the one thing you want people to know? And, and it, it, it read dark money. It was dark money. And I said, who's dark money? And it was just the abbreviation EST. And I assume that just means the establishment, establishment. Yeah. the deep, oh, state. Yeah. deep state. And so that's, that's the one thing he knew that was probably going to come. It's going to be this downfall because it was the deep state monies. It was the CIA that was obviously wanting to keep everybody, any intelligence that had that access that he wanted to dismantle. He wanted to break up the CIA in a thousand pieces, as they say. So like the, all that came to a head. And with the UFO, that the UFO disclosure, he wanted to go to the moon with Russia. He didn't want it to be, you know, a, a race. He wanted to be, you know, a joint venture. So like all these things were culminating right before he was assassinated. So that was one thing he mentioned. He, uh, he, I talked about, I asked about Forrestal and Eisenhower and, um, Forrest uh, he said, Eisenhower said something like not to talk. Basically, Eisenhower said not to talk to him. Forrestal was like, I do a lot of things. He did a lot of things off radar is what Forrestal, what's he said about Forrestal anyway. He did, went on a rant at the end. And I swear, this is exactly what I was seeing as it came through and what, after asking the questions, but it was a rant towards the end. And it was something like votes don't matter. Um, for the people, no more gar garish, which I don't know what normal garish is. And the great, great B Barnabas, some name, which I can't decipher still to this day. So if people want to help me out with that one, but it was just like a rant towards the end. And it was kind of just saying like, look, yeah, votes don't matter. You know, this is, well, we know, you know it's, it's all a fake control. It's system. a show. Well, yeah, it's a show. Right? We, I just recently learned, um, you know, the Tavistock Institute, who's responsible for all this mind control. And, you know, they've really done a lot of studies on this and implemented it around the world. Well, they've just, they discovered in their studies that the colors red and blue overlay create the illusion of alternate reality. Mm -hmm. And they describe, they kind of describe how it works, but then I, then they used examples of like the 3d glasses, the red and blue, when you put them on it, it it creates an overlay of an alternate reality that you can't see without the glasses. Oh, wow. They've had the same thing as being done with the government, the red and the blue. It's yeah. all like an alternate reality. That's like an illusion. It doesn't exist. Like the whole political arena is like a distraction. Hey, what, oh, yeah. what, what color are police lights? Right. Red, right. Police. Yeah. Red and white, red and blue. Yeah. Right. And, hmm. and where, wherever here. else it shows up, you know, so, really interesting like I definitely think everything we're watching is like a movie. It's, I mean, sometimes it's so. I mean, for crying out loud, the White House is literally a movie set now. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't even argue that they've even showed footage. Like, it's not even a theory. So, yeah. like, they're telling you without telling you, like, guys, you are literally watching a movie, and this is a scripted. Like, everything's scripted. Like the tweets from the president, everything, it's all part of the script. And people get irate about it. And they're like trigger events that are designed to get you yeah. to emotionally react when it really it holds no weight in the meaning of life at all. Like it has yeah. nothing to do with anything. Bring out the killer bees or bring out the next pandemic or whatever. No, yeah. I say bring out the quicksand pits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
What's that um, meme? Like my childhood made me think that quicksand was going to be a much bigger right. part yeah. of the world than it actually was. Yeah. Uh, and they also they also said that red and green were they found red and green coupled together is the easiest way to program somebody. So mm. I thought immediately Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas, yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Think of the programming surrounding Christmas and like oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. the illusion of that. So man, nothing is what we think it is. Yeah. Yep. Jordan Maxwell. I love this. Jordan yeah, Maxwell, nothing works the way you think it does. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Direct yeah, quote. big shout out to him right. too. Right. Yes. Exactly. Um, man, well, thank That's you great. so much for joining us tonight, guys. This was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah, this is a blast. Is there anything, any last words you'd like to add? Actually, there's something I would like to add before this. I wanted to say about the Ouija board. Uh, a lot of people have a problem with that. They think, oh, you're summoning demons. You can't trust it personally what i think and i don't care what anyone thinks about what i think i think it's just another divination tool it's a tool i think yeah. it's no different than using a pendulum like right. I, I really think it's the same thing mm -hmm. you know tarot cards even essentially like you're opening yeah. a portal which means you got to be wise about how you're using it exactly, exactly. Now, now the ouija board has been demonized by hollywood maybe that's on purpose so mm -hmm. no one messes with it to connect to the other right. side because they think there's yeah. so many demons you know this used to be normal you guys realize how normal it was 100 years ago for people to do seances and do all this and I, like you said it, you cannot just play with this stuff be very careful i i wish i would have said that too and i wouldn't right. play with it again to be honest with you but right thank you yeah. ufo mark thanks mark thank you um exactly be very careful like if you're if you're using any of this stuff like actually there's people that teach classes on this stuff like how to properly use it safely like you like if you're picking up the pendulum don't just haphazardly start asking questions like you have to have your own little protocol and yes. like ask, ask first of all is it okay to ask a question now like and if it says no don't that means the energies aren't right like right. And, and then when you store it keep it on like uh they recommend keeping it like on selenite or something to keep it cleansed mm -hmm. because you're literally opening a portal every time you do that it's yep. not just like some toy we don't understand the, what it's we're not a toy about. it's not yeah. a toy These things yeah. are we, powerful. Clear, we had to clear space like they they did other sessions where they their house was started the house became like a I don't want to say haunted, but like a poltergeist. Some they had to clear space through the house. Like, if you aren't careful, you'll let the wrong energy through, and it, it's not good. So, yeah, please Absolutely. don't go try this stuff, guys, unless you're, you know, right. what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. Um, exactly, guys. If you missed out on the beginning of the episode, that if you're wondering about the t-shirts Aaron and I are wearing, our friend Mallory McKee designed these, and they are available at mushroomtea.com. The link is below in the description. Uh, if you're if you like them, go grab a t-shirt and support her work. These are incredible. And she gifted us these. She's a fan of the show. So uh thank you, Mallory. And guys, thank you so much for joining us. Is there any yeah, last thank words? Thank you guys so much. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Either of you? Dan. No, just uh, you know, thank you guys so much for having us and uh letting us be a part of your community here. It's 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 definitely a privilege. Um and for people spelling infinite TV, it's I-N-F-Y-N-I-T. So a lot of people get confused with that. But uh, I have that link in the description also. So, And it's, it's free to subscribe. Uh, yeah, it's free to subscribe and then see. But you do have to subscribe and have a login to see all the content. But um, other than that, like, yeah, keep an open mind. Obviously, follow your heart, follow your intuition and discernment and do your own research. Don't listen to anybody else. But yeah, you'll find the answers if you search for it. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. 
Amen to that. Exactly. Yeah. And when you start searching, they, they kind of present themselves sometimes. Like exactly. They, they show up mm-hmm. when you when you're not looking. You got to meet them halfway. Right, exactly. Exactly. Love it. Love so it. When you are looking. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. By the way, I will. Yeah. yeah. Thank I you mean, so much. you guys are amazing. Yeah. It's too bad you can't make it to the conference. It would be awesome to hang out with you yeah. guys. Um. But yeah, definitely, we'll do this again. You know. I, I can see us working sure. together in the future for sure. And yeah, any new information, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Perfect. Cool. You guys. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have right. you on too, for sure. Thanks again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um, good night, everybody. Thank you for the donations. We love you all. Love uh, you if all. you want to join us at our conference in May, grab a ticket journey to truthcon.com. If you can't make it, make sure to get a live stream pass for $99. It's going to be a lot of fun. We look forward to seeing you guys there. Um, really excited about that. So, until next time, guys, have a great evening. Good night. Good night, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. And we're off.